I bought a new vacuum cleaner last week. It was time. The upright sweeper that moved to Lexington with me about 38 years ago, it had a few problems, like screeching for the first 10 to 45 seconds, overheating regularly. And I was finding it harder and harder to locate the right size and style of the bag, you know, that you fit over the nozzle uh, in the back and then you zip it up in this pouch. So, my new vacuum, it's easier to maneuver. And bonus, it has a safety feature so it won't catch on fire. Definite improvements. But I cannot get used to this canister in the front instead of bag in the back thing. I just, I don't know. So now when I vacuum, I can see all the dirt and the dust, and the cat hair, and the popcorn holes, and whatever else is hiding in the carpet. At least when I'm working with something like my makeup mirror, I can turn the side that's 25 times magnified face down on the counter. With this vacuum cleaner, I can't get away from the, the mess. So I keep asking myself, whose bright idea was it to create a clear canister for my new vacuum cleaner? Who wants to see the mess that they've created swirl around in this clear cylinder, or worse yet, just sit there like this twisted science fair project blob just staring at you. I'm struggling with my new vacuum, but the whole experience got me to thinking about the Bible and communion. <laughs> we better pray. Holy Spirit, truth divine, dawn upon these souls of ours, word of God and inward light. Wake our spirits, clear our sight. Amen. So I love Asbury's motto, the whole Bible for the whole world. You're not going to be surprised the phrase is from John Wesley. Here's the full quote. I want the whole Christ for my Savior, the whole Bible for my book, the whole church for my fellowship, the whole world for my mission field. Wow. The whole Bible for the whole world. We offer a class, BT501, The Narrative of the Bible. It's incredible, 
And if it's not a part of your degree plan, you need to take it as an elective. I mean, just think about it. This course creates the opportunity for you to travel together through the entire story of Scripture with an expert tour guide from our biblical studies area. Immersing ourselves in God's full narrative, garden to garden, beginning to new beginning, it's a transformative journey every time we take it. Every time. So clearly, I'm really grateful for our motto. I practice a deep commitment to it. I endorse the whole Bible for the whole world with a heartfelt amen. People unfamiliar with the Bible, however, are horrified at some of the stories that we've come to accept without a second thought. A dear friend of mine, Wes Olds, many years ago, decided he would teach the whole Bible to anybody who would show up for breakfast on Saturday morning at his church's annex downtown. So he and I talked weekly, and we would process the lesson that he just finished and brainstorm what he was going to do for the next week. Neither of us anticipated the group's reaction to Joseph's story. When the brothers schemed first to kill and then uh, to sell their brother as a slave, the men and women listening that morning audibly gasp. They could not believe it. And their outrage grew to such a point that Wes just decided he would take a break. Let's, let's take a coffee break. Let's let things simmer down a little bit. But a group of people surrounded him even during the break, and they demanded to know what happened to Joseph, and did he live long enough to take revenge? Scripture's portrayal of human beings is beyond candid. It's a raw account of just how far we'll go to keep our place at the center of the universe, hoping that all of our efforts and our defenses will alleviate this nagging sense of emptiness that chases us everywhere. The Bible doesn't offer a Photoshop app. No one curates entertaining highlights for us. You and I can't click on hide self view or push the mirror aside. These just aren't options if we want to study the whole Bible in earnest. God's word reflects reality and does so authentically. So I'm faced with some hard questions. Do I really embrace the whole Bible? Do I willingly listen to the whole story, even the parts with cat hair, dirt, dust mites? Or is my hearty affirmation of the seminary's motto reserved just for those bits of scripture that are comforting? 
few weeks after the uprising over Joseph's brothers, a man asked to meet with my friend Wes. Those stories you're telling on Saturday morning, are they true? The man asked. Wes assured him that they were. Adam and Eve's betrayal, Cain's crime of murder, Noah's drunken stupor, Abraham's half-truths, Sarah and Hagar's cruel treatment of each other. We're not even halfway through the first book. This all-star lineup of hot messes made this man wonder out loud. If God's interested in them, do you think he'd be interested in me? Well, Wes jumped ahead a little bit in the story and explained the full extent of God's interest in that man. The book of James warns us about hearing God's word, looking in the mirror, and then walking away, forgetting what we saw, forgetting what we heard. What we heard about God, about people, and about God's relationship with them. But we are to look intently into this perfect, not pretty, into this perfect law that gives freedom. And we're called to continue to do this, to persevere. So beginning communion with a prayer of confession, it creates a moment for us to look into the mirror. The full, unvarnished narrative of God's story and ours. As a community committed to the whole Bible, we cannot deny what lurks in the canister. Admitting who we are when left to our own devices clears a path. Jesus comes to the table and invites us up. We join him with renewed gratitude. Taking an honest look in the full mirror, we turn toward our host with fresh astonishment at the full extent of his interest in and love for us. Thanks be to God.